You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Just about this time, 48 hours from now, we'll be probably reaching, you know, a few minutes into the first quarter with the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. And it is going to be what we're expecting, Ryan. I mean, the clash of the Titans tonight is the official Chiefs versus Bills preview show here on Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Whether you're celebrating at home or away, on Sunday night, make sure you head over to Tops. They have all your fan favorites ready to enjoy for football, entertaining, or any occasion. Ryan Talbot, how are you tonight, my friend? Hey, I am doing great. Like you said, really looking forward to this weekend's matchup. Uh, Sunday night football is so a big national audience. You mentioned it. Weather doesn't look too appealing right now, but I still think this is going to be a great game when all is said and done. It is, and I thought for a great game, for a big game, Let's bring in our buddy, Matt Verderam from Fansided. Welcome into the show, your first appearance on Shout, but I wanted to give you a shout out here at the start. When I started thinking about people that I wanted to invite uh, you know, for our preview episode of this, I, I kind of went back to before the AFC title game last year and remember us having some chatter ahead of that game. I mean, it, it feels like not too long ago, really, to be honest with you, maybe part of it's COVID or whatever, but I thought you were really on the money heading into that game with what we were, we, we were going to see. I want to break it all down with you here tonight. How are you, my friend? Appreciate it. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's it's going to be a great game. The game of the week for sure. It might be the game of the year in the AFC. It really is. Like I, you know, locally hearing the talk radio this week and and even on some of the the Kansas City hits that I've done this week, I I almost feel like it's got that vibe of like a changing of the guard potential moment. Now it's a regular season game. It's week five. So of course we live in a very overreaction type of world. But because of the situation here with the Kansas City Chiefs going in two and two, two losses in the AFC, the titanic implications of the the head-to-head tiebreaker here, this does have that feeling like make or break as much as, you know, the people in Buffalo, uh, the Buffalo Bills organization want to tell you otherwise right now. No question. If the Bills win this game, the Chiefs are not going to catch them this year, barring injury, because the Bills will be two games up and they'll have the breaker. And go look at Buffalo's schedule. I'm sure your your audience knows it very well by heart at this point. They're not going to lose many games. I mean, what are the hard games for the Bills going for? All right, at Titans is tricky on a Monday night. You never know what Tennessee team you're going to get. At Tampa, of course, probably the hardest game on the schedule, right? You get, you get a trip to the Superdome, kind of like Tennessee. You don't know. Are you going to get a really good Saints team? Are you going to get a team that lost to the Giants? So you know, there are some games in there. There are some tough games. But this is clearly the game. And on the flip side for the Chiefs, if they win the game, you go, all right, we're tied now. And you've got the breaker. And the, the hardest part of the schedule for the Chiefs ends on Sunday night. Because after that, it's a whole lot of Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, the Giants, Washington, uh, you know, the Raiders twice, depending on how hard you think those games are. So I, I think ultimately, if whoever wins this game, especially if it's Buffalo, you feel like you're in the driver's seat moving forward. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, listen, last year, the the Chiefs were Buffalo's kryptonite. Uh, But early in this season, it seems like Buffalo has a a much better shot this year based on the performance of their defense and the the woes of the Kansas City Chiefs defense. You know, the bottom three unit in terms of yards allowed, points allowed. What's gone wrong for Kansas City so far this year? (laughs) From a defensive standpoint, what's gone right? I think think that would be (laughs) the easier question to answer. Uh, nothing. They went into the season really feeling like they had fixed a lot of their issues, you know, and, and on both sides of the ball. Like the offensive line is a thing that everybody talks about coming out of the Super Bowl. They had a million injuries up front. <laughs> to their credit, they fixed that. Their offensive line this year has been fantastic. Now, in week one, the tackles were a little bit touchy against the Browns. Clowney got home a little bit. Garrett got home a little bit. Since then, They've been dynamite up front, and the interior is fantastic. They signed Joe Tooney. He's been worth the money so far. And then Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith have been great. Now, to get to the defensive side, they signed Jerron Reed, who sources told me it was between Kansas City and Buffalo as to where he was going to go. Dallas was a third team in there, but they were kind of a distant third. So far, Buffalo might have dodged the bullet. Jerron Reed has done nothing. He has six tackles this year. He's six in four games, and he plays a ton of snaps. Um, has not pushed the pocket at all. And so they've had that. They've also been without Willie Gay, who is going to be their starting one of their starting linebackers, who brings a lot of speed and athleticism. Second round pick last year, he's not played. It's unclear if he's going to be activated off the off the pup list, or excuse me, off the IR uh, for this game, dealing with a t- turf toe injury. So they've been missing, you know, a, a couple pieces here and there. Frank Clark's missed some time, but really, it's been autonomous communication. They've not lined up right probably a half dozen times a game, and that remains a mystery as to why. A lot of these guys have been in the defense for three years with Spagnolo. They can't get lined up. They've missed a ton of tackles. And their lack of athleticism with the linebackers has really hurt them against tight ends and backs. And so if I'm Brian Dable, I know I know the Bills don't throw a lot to their backs. I would throw a lot to the backs in this game. I'd swing them out. I'd try to single them up on Ben Neiman, single them up on Anthony Hitchens. I think that's an easy way to get yardage. And then Dawson Knox, he's been really good in the red zone this year. As for touchdowns, I'd look for him more between the 20s if I'm Buffalo in this game. Try to get him involved. Because the one thing the Chiefs can do when they choose to is, is play man. And their, their corners are actually pretty decent, especially Legereus Sneed. But the rest of the defense has just been a tire fire. And, and you know, one player who's been banged up is Chris Jones. Yep. Uh, missed practice all week this week, yet he's still designated as questionable. Even if he does play, what are you expecting from Jones this week, knowing that he's been so limited so far? So last week he practiced, but all week long limited. But he did practice. He played against Philadelphia. Didn't put up a sack or anything like that, but he played pretty well. He actually got a lot of pressure in the game. Just didn't quite get home. Now, as you mentioned, he didn't practice all week. Typically in Kansas City, if you don't practice, you don't play. That's kind of the rule. If you don't play on Friday or you don't practice on Friday, you're not going to play over over the weekend. Andy Reid said, though, that he, that's not necessarily the case here. Now, I think if he plays, it's a wrist injury. It's not a knee. It's not something like that. I, mean, I think he'd be okay. He'd probably just tape it up, give it some support. But I kind of lean toward that he's not going to play in this game. Now, I, I know it sounds funny. I don't know if for the Chiefs that's the worst thing in the world just because it'll force them to do something different. They've been so god-awful defensively. Maybe being forced to, to play left-handed, so to speak, will, will not be the worst thing. Obviously, though, along with Tyron Matthew, he is the best player on that defense. And so if you if you take him out of there, it takes away what I do think is a matchup Kansas City could win, which is the interior pass rush going against Buffalo's guard play. But if you don't have Jones, that becomes a lot harder. Then it does become, hey, Jerron Reed's going to have to do something in this game. It becomes Derek Nottie, who's a good run stuffer but not a pass rusher, then he's going to do something. So in that sense, it, of course, would lose something significant. But if he doesn't play, it does open up Spagnuolo to kind of do some different things, maybe try some exotic blitzes, because why not? You're going to have to get creative. One of the areas you mentioned, uh, Sneed, and he had a lot of you know success as a blitzer against the Bills last year yeah. in the playoff game. You know, you look at their cornerbacks. I, I kind of came away with that from that game last year, impressed with Bashad Breeland. He's no longer there. I asked Emmanuel Sanders this week, you know, going back and watching the tape, he wasn't here last year, obviously in New Orleans. And he said, yeah, everybody knows that the Chiefs like to get up in you, uh, play physical. They're going to tug on you. They're going to pull on you. And he's like, I'm, I've gotten myself mentally into that mindset that this is the kind of game this is going to be. And, 
you know, I don't, I thought that that was missing a lot last year, but in the lead up to the game and, you know, John Brown already has a real passive style of, of play. So I didn't really feel like that matchup suited his skill set. I think with a healthy Stephon Diggs and a healthy Cole Beasley now, you add Emmanuel Sanders in the in the mix. I don't know if necessarily that press man physical, you know, uh exchanges is gonna benefit the Chiefs, especially with how poorly they've been playing. Well, this year, oddly enough, they barely played that way at all. They've been a okay. soft zone, which has been bizarre. That is not what they typically do. Now that might some of that might be just matchups and, and the way they felt they could win the game. I think, and I think against Baltimore, Philadelphia in particular because of the speed. So I think the Chiefs maybe said, all right, we're going to back up a little bit and not get beat over the top, which by the way, they, they still got beat over the top mm-hmm. because they, they can't run. In this game, I think, Matt, you're right. They, they are going to get up on the line of scrimmage. My guess, and it's hard to pin down Spagnolo because he, he's so creative week in, week out. They'll do different things. My guess is they're going to play a lot of press man and they're going to blitz like crazy up the middle. I think that's what they're going to do in this game. I think they're going to try to get immediate pressure in the interior. They're going to try to flush Allen out to the left, and they'll live with it if he runs for a chunk here, a chunk there. I, I think they'll be okay with that, and on third down, they'll spy him. I, I think if you're the Chiefs, you feel like even if he runs for seven, eight yards here, and it's a win over mm-hmm. him just sitting in the pocket and trying to dice you up, especially now, now if the weather is as bad as maybe being forecasted, that might change some things. If it's mm-hmm. pouring all night, Maybe as a defensive coordinator, you back off a little bit and say, all right, you know what? Throw the ball. Throw it into a tight window where it's pouring and guys might slip and you might get an easy pick. Or you know what? The accuracy is not there. But look, my expectation would be that Sneed will be on Diggs a lot of the game, which will be a, a big-time matchup. Diggs obviously is a great player. Sneed has really been terrific as a second-year guy. He was great last year. But my X factor in this game, you mentioned it, is Sanders. I want to see him on, on Traverius Ward. Ward is a good corner, He, but he's a number two corner. If they play a lot of one-on-one, who wins that matchup more often than not? Because I think you'll see Matthew help on Beasley quite a bit. He'll drop down in the slot. That's obviously another great matchup. But that, to me, if you're Buffalo, if you're just going to play the way you normally play, chuck it to those three receivers, Sanders has got to beat up Ward. You've got to force the Chiefs to help there. If they don't have to help there and they can crack down and bracket Beasley – I think that starts to change some things. Even if Diggs goes for a decent amount against Snead, you say, okay, we can live with that a little bit. You just can't have third and eight turning into a first down with Beasley all the time. So it's fascinating. It's a real chess match when these two teams get together. You know, you've kind of already answered. I was going to ask, how do you feel that the wide receivers match up with the the Chiefs cornerbacks? Because I think what some people do forget in that AFC championship game was Stefan Diggs, torn oblique, Uh, Cole Beasley, broken leg. Gabriel Davis was essentially a game time decision with an ankle injury. And while he hasn't been as involved this year, he had an ankle injury earlier this year. He seems like he's getting back to, uh, you know, back to 100% or close to it. And then obviously you already mentioned Emmanuel Sanders, who has been a huge upgrade. Uh, over John Brown. So keeping the health in mind and keeping what happened last time, how do you feel like this, uh, the Bills wide receivers match up specifically with that, the defensive backs of the Chiefs? They definitely match up better. I, I mean, no question. They're healthy. Um, and, and I, look, I know people hear rain and they think that it's going to help the defense. I think it helps the offenses. I mean, the offense, you know where you're going, right? The defense doesn't know where you're going. So if it's slippery out there, all of a sudden the guy slips, it's probably going to be a defender. Part of my answer depends on how the Chiefs play it. Like, if Matthew comes down and plays Beasley and he turns into a slot corner, then I think the Chiefs can can match up decently in the game because I do think – look, nobody's shutting down Stephon Diggs. But Snead, I do think, could limit him. I think Matthew could limit Beasley. Ward on Sanders, I think, is the matchup. If you're the Bills, you want to go after it. I, I think there's, there's yards and there's big yards to be had there. However, Ward's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde guy. There will be weeks he'll play really, really well. There will be other weeks he doesn't. I, I look back at Super Bowl 54 when Emmanuel Sanders was on the 49ers. You go back and look at the end of that game. Emmanuel Sanders was almost the hero. Oh, he beat, he beat Shavarius Ward on a deep post when all he was supposed to do is not get beat deep and he beat him and Jimmy Garoppolo missed him by a couple of yards. I'll never forget it. I was sitting right there above it when he threw the ball. So I think that's a matchup to watch. If the Chiefs can, can win that matchup or mitigate <clears throat> it, I think they match up okay. Because like I said earlier, look, the corners are probably more the strength for the Chiefs. The secondary is more the strength. The problem for Kansas City is that that middle level. The linebackers are just god-awful. And they're slow, like, especially if Gay doesn't play. Gay's the coverage guy. He's the speed guy. If you don't have him, they, they just can't cover anybody. Nick Bolton's good coming downhill. He runs like a nose tackle. 
I mean, he just can't Jeez. cover. So if I'm, like I said, if I'm Brian Dable, this is a Dawson Knox. I'm doing whatever I can, especially on third down. Look, if I can match him up with Dan Sorensen, the safety, or any linebacker on the Chiefs roster, I'm doing it. I think that's critical for the Bills to be able to continue to move the ball, be effective, especially down the red zone where the Chiefs last year were dead last defensively. And this year, up until this past week, we're also dead last. They're still terrible. There are a few teams worse than them. That, that, by the way, to me is the game, is the red zone. Whoever does better in the red zone is going to win this game, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like the Bills did all right in the red zone. Um, I can't remember if it was the first game or the second one. The problem was they got a little, uh, they got, they got a little conservative last year. I felt like Sean yep. McDermott completely flipped from where I felt like he had evolved to as a coach where, you know, leaning on the offense, trusting the offense. I mean, I thought the picture that we saw, you know, in Baltimore this year with John, John Harbaugh kind of looking out on the field and saying, Lamar, you want to go and putting that faith in your yep. guy? I feel like that's the kind of, Coach that Sean McDermott's got to be in this game because you know as well as anybody, Matt, this is a this is a situation where it's probably going to come down to can Josh Allen outduel Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we could sit here and break down every single thing, and I think there's yep. one big matchup that I want to talk about later. But it is going to come down to Josh Allen. What do you what do you think? What do you expect in this game? Because I thought in both Kansas City games last year, he wasn't. You know, it, it was more of that. Um, that Josh Allen that we saw early on in his career where he didn't really elevate himself for whatever reason. He's talked about, you know, dealing with the early game frustrations when things are, aren't going well. He's talked about dealing with the crowd noise. He's talked about just dealing with his own emotions. What do you expect from him on Sunday now that it's another one of these moments, but a moment where now he's got some experience to kind of go off of, you know, even 10 months ago now? So I think Allen's a hell of a player, and I think he'll play well in this game. I agree with your assessment. The, the last two times we saw each other, of course, both last season, he did play poorly by his standards. Now, I do think part of it, the Chiefs throw a lot of different things at you. If you're a young quarterback mm-hmm. and you've never seen it, like, look, they're terrible defensively. But with Spagnuolo, the one thing about them, you very rarely get the same look twice. It is a lot of different look, a lot of pressures coming from weird places, weird – they are one thing they do very well is they're very good typically, and this year miscommunications gotten them at times. They're very good at looking at like one thing pre-snap. And the second you snap the ball, everything changes. They rotate, they move. And I thought last year at times I gave Allen a little bit of a a little pause at the top of his drop. Right? Like it looked like one thing, but then all of a sudden it's not that. It's another thing. And and to be fair to Allen, I didn't think the the offensive line helped him out much in the AC title game. I mean, Kansas mm-hmm. City was just on him throughout the game. And you know what? Look, and I don't want Bills fans to take this the wrong way. I thought last year in the AC title game, the Bills as a team, including McDermott, it was it was almost a little bit of we don't want to lose the game. It mm-hmm. was a little bit of tentativeness. And I remember seeing that when the Chiefs played the Patriots in the 2018 AFC Championship game, where they were so tight early in the game that the Chiefs had the benefit of being at home. So the second half, you know, that game was 14-0 at halftime. The Chiefs were getting killed. And then they came out and they got comfortable and they scored 31 points in the second half. And if, if D Ford isn't all, D Ford isn't all sudden, they, they go to the Super Bowl. I think sometimes you have to be in that spot to get to the next level. You'll learn from it. I think the Bills will learn from that game. They have learned from that game. But you're right, Matt. Look, this is going to come down a lot of ways to can Buffalo stop Mahomes to some degree in this game. I, I mean, I get Kansas City's defense is terrible. But the funny thing is, if you look at Kansas City, nobody's played a harder schedule this year. They beat Cleveland. They were negative four in the turnover differential to, to the Chargers, including three turnovers inside San Diego or Los Angeles. I'll never get that right. Los Angeles is 30-yard <laughs> line. Three turnovers. And they lost the game by seven points on a fourth and nine conversion late. They, they lose to the Ravens because they fumble the ball when they're setting up for a game-winning kick, which I'm sure – Bucker probably would have hit. He's 90 or so percent inside 50 yards. So they have been able to overcome what has been a hideous defense because the offense has punted six times in four games. If Buffalo can just mitigate it, and look, the Chiefs are going to move the ball, but if they can stop them a few times in the red zone, I think the Bills will win. If they can't, I think it's really tough to win. 
So with, with Mahomes, you've mentioned it. You know, Buffalo's pass rush minus that week against Miami. Uh, I don't think they've been very consistent, to be quite honest. So obviously that was the the game plan, so to speak, to defeat him, as you saw in the Super Bowl. If the pass rush can't get home, what's the next best, best option of, of getting it from Mahomes? Because, you know, I've, no, I've seen four interceptions in the last three weeks, but he's right. also been thrown over 60% every game. He's thrown for 300-plus yards, something like 14 touchdowns already. So you've seen a lot more good than bad, but uh, what, what's happening at least with the turnovers and the interceptions? Yeah, so it's it's actually pretty interesting. So the the four interceptions, one of them, uh, I believe it was, it was the second one of the season against the Chargers. That was one of those turnovers I was speaking of down there. And actually, that was in the red zone, it was inside the 10-yard line. He threw a no-look pass, which I think he would tell you did not have to be a no-look pass. He, was, he had all the time in the world. And Marcus Kemp, who's a, who's really a special teamer for the Chiefs, but was in the game, he hit him in the hands, but it was a little bit behind him. It would have been a walk-in touchdown if Kemp had caught the ball. And it went up off his hands, got batted up in the air, and Asante Samuel picked it off. So that one, that of the four, the other three have blatantly been his fault. That one, you'd say, I think was probably 70-30 on the receiver. However, of, of the four, three of them, the other three, have all been on third down when he's been flushed and he's trying to force the ball. And he's, So I think if you're the Bills, that's probably the formula. I, Mahomes, of course, would never say this. I think deep down he knows if we don't score every drive, we're in trouble because we can't stop anybody. And so it's been these forced throws uh, into coverage on third down. Now, what they have been incredible on third down. I think they're all like 64% or something mm-hmm. like that on third down. So if they don't turn it over. They pretty much convert most of the time. But he's been very good. Hill and Kelsey, it's the same thing. Every week, a team – He's able to take away one of them, and the other guy goes nuts. Last week, it was Kelsey who got shut down. Hill went bonkers, three touchdowns, a bunch of big plays. It'll be interesting to see how Buffalo plays him. But I thought, and I forget where he said it. I can't remember if it was Good Morning Football. or I believe it was Micah Hyde said, look, we know we're going to give up yards in this game. Mm-hmm. It's really about kind of the bend, don't break. I'm paraphrasing, but he's right. Like, if, if Buffalo's going to stop them, nobody, other than if the Chiefs are missing five offensive linemen, nobody is going to stop them three and out, 20 yards and a punt. It's really going to be about getting a takeaway, getting a stop in the red zone, uh, you know, forcing a field goal. If you force a field goal against Kansas City, it's an enormous win, obviously. So I think that's that's the route to go. But I will say, if you don't get a pass rush on him, it's usually death. Like If you go back and look at any game he's ever lost, it's either because they're really injured on the offensive side, which they're not, they have no injuries right now offensively, or because the team was able to harass him nonstop. If you can't get to him, especially in the interior, because he's pretty good about stepping up and out of the pressure if you if you kind of get it off the edges, it's a problem. He'll just find somebody. They have too many weapons. And so I think if you're Buffalo, even if you have to blitz occasionally and take a chance, you got to get to him. Um, I want to stay on this because I got some thoughts on this. But before we do, brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, from hot-to-go pizza and appetizers, signature fried food, baby back ribs and subs, to delicious salads and brownie trays, you know, Matt, Matt's probably going to make a drive up here and go to Tops after hearing everything that they got. They have everything you need to feed the hungriest fan. They'll take care of you on Sunday night for Bills, Chiefs, and beyond. So I want to talk about this because your red zone point is is on the money. It's been an emphasis for the Bills. As good as their offense has been these last three weeks, and I think that their offense has even been better than the numbers indicate because they've taken their foot off the gas pedal in all three of these games. They're not converting at a high rate in the red zone. And actually they're, they're under 60% in the red zone, which is a complete flip from last year. They were, they were among the, the elite in the league, uh, in converting in the red zone. And when you have Josh Allen, I've said it since he was a rookie, even before MVP caliber Josh showed up, he was always just an unbelievable weapon in the red zone. Kansas City's, uh, at about 80%, third in the NFL. And here's the matchup though. Kansas City's red zone offense is elite. The Bills have the number one red zone defense through four games. And I know who they've played is a big reason why. But I, I, I like that matchup because of how much the Bills are forcing turnovers. And to your point, they are blitzing a lot. I think that Leslie Frazier has kind of really come into his own in terms of calling this defense, knowing his personnel and what and how he's able to deploy him. A big problem this week. They're probably going to be without Matt Milano, who's been one of those featured blitzers throughout the first four weeks of the season. Taron Johnson's back. He's also been in the mix there. But they're going to probably throw a bunch of different blitzes with a bunch of different guys, but the complication comes. We're going to talk about him a little bit here. 
The Bills know they have to double-team Tyreek Hill. Taron Johnson's probably going to get a lot of them, but there's going to be a safety, Michael or Jordan, at all times that have their eye on Tyreek Hill. And so when you have that kind of emphasis on one player, I feel like your options in the secondary in terms of blitzers, it's limited quite a bit. I think A.J. Klein could be a guy that they send a bunch here, but it's going to be interesting how they choose to attack this this Kansas City offense. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think if you're Frazier, no matter how it plays out, you have to make a decision on how you're going to play and just live with it one way or the other. You can't get caught in between. You know, I obviously look, I, I try to watch every game, you know, doing the national beat, but I've, I've folks on Kansas city. I, I came up covering the chiefs and, and, you know, I, I grew up being a fan of them. Even, even though I grew up not that far from a lot of top stores, went to school in Oswego, but uh, mm-hmm. look, I, I do think if you're Frazier in this game, you either say we're going to back up, we're going to let them eat up a ton of yardage, and we're going to take our chances inside the 15, 20-yard line, which is pretty much what they did week six when they saw each other last year. They brought no pressure. They begged the Chiefs to run the ball. The Chiefs did run the ball. Now, I believe, if I remember the score right, they held the Chiefs to 26 points. Yes. But, but the, you know, the problem was the Chiefs just held the ball forever. The Bills' offense wasn't able to capitalize, so on and so forth. Or you go into this game and say, look, we're bringing pressure. We're bringing up, we're, we're going to come after him 33 to 40% of the time. And if he kills us, he kills us. And then we got to hope our offense can just pick up the slack and we win a game 38, 35. And I think you have to go one way or the other, because if you, if you get into one of these things where you're blitzing 20% of the time, then it's not really enough to affect them unless you just get real lucky and hit the jackpot on one play. But it's enough that if you, if you blitz and you don't get there, it's a touchdown the other direction. So. Like I, I always favor being aggressive in these games. I know people say, well, if you blitz a great quarterback, you get beat. Well, I mean, I think Josh Allen's a hell of a quarterback. The Chiefs blitzed him into, into Tuesday in the AFC Championship game. They just kept coming, and they basically said, beat us. Roll the ball and beat us. Now, maybe Mahomes does it. God knows he's capable. But I think if you're Buffalo, you'd almost I, – I, I think like if, if they lose, you'd rather walk out of there going, hey, you know what? We came after him. We, we didn't mm-hmm. back down. We weren't, we weren't soft about it. Um, and I also think it's a hell of a lot better of a way to, to force a turnover. You know, you get a free rusher. Maybe they knock the ball out of his hand. Maybe, you know, maybe Mahomes, it's a third down and he tries to rip a ball, you know, sidearm around a guy and it gets picked off. I think you have a better shot of winning that way if you're not, if you're an opposing team, not just Buffalo, but anybody. And you do just sitting back. I can tell you the Eagles last week played two high safeties, 20 yards off the line, literally every play. The Chiefs had seven possessions in the game. They scored six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're not even challenged. I mean, just mm-hmm. ripped up yardage. And they got in the red zone. They just killed them. The, the one thing that is different with the Chiefs this year, they can run the ball. Like last year, they really struggled at times. Their line's really good. Like they can just line up and just pound six and seven man fronts. So it'll be interesting. I think if you're phrase, you have to account for that and say, maybe we don't just back off because it's, it's death by, you know, a hundred paper cuts. And, and and why deal with that when we can take a chance here, take a chance there? Yeah, it's, and it's going to be interesting because Buffalo has actually been pretty solid against the run. Uh, and Matt already mentioned that Matt Milano, you know, is questionable for the game. Uh, status is probably leaning toward not playing. You also have these young defensive ends that are banged up entering the game. Greg Rousseau had a toe injury. He's good to go. You have A.J. Epineza, who's also questionable. So without two of your young, promising pass rushers as well, the the Bills are going to have to lean on Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, both more than capable defensive ends, obviously. Uh, Boogie Basham, and the list goes on. So it it almost feels like the Bills are in a tough spot right now because you're not getting that front four pass rush. Uh, some of, you know, Russo has been really good stopping the run and things like that, but coming up with an answer, it almost feels like they might have to blitz in this game to try to throw Mahomes off, to try to bat a pass, get something up in the air. It's going to be one of the more intriguing things to watch on Sunday night. I want to jump yep. in here because Nick here saying we can get home with four referring to the bills. That's my biggest question going in this fake game. I don't think we've seen it outside of against Miami who let's be honest, probably has the worst offensive line in the league. And, you know, they got beat over and over throughout that game. And one of my problems here, number one with Greg Rousseau dealing with a toe injury as a rookie, I'm concerned about his um, viability in this game. And then I've continued to be underwhelmed with Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison outside of a couple of splash plays from Addison early in the season. 
You know, you look at the Chiefs and what did they do when they needed to add an impact player? They go out, they 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 make a trade and they bring in a premier guy in Frank Clark. Has he always been premier for the Chiefs? No, but he's shown up in big games, especially last year in the AFC title game. I thought he played really well. I still think the Bills are missing that piece. And against a guy like Kansas, like Patrick Mahomes, you need it. And I know they drafted Rousseau for, you know, to develop. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll be a factor in 2022 or 2023. But for this year, the Super Bowl window is open, and I don't see that guy that's going to impact things. I mean, Star Latulale's arguably been their best pass rusher. You know what I'm talking about here, Ryan. I, I think that there's some serious question marks on this defensive line. I think that, the, of course, that's the goal, right? Get pressure with with the four. But I, unless Jerry Hughes comes into this game and, and, and kind of looks like the guy that, you know, we're used to seeing in, in big games from him. I thought he's had some of his biggest games in the playoffs. I question their ability to to do that. Anytime you play a great quarterback, you got to go home with four. By the way, the Chiefs have to do the same thing with Josh Allen. Like they're going to have to get pressure. And especially if Chris Jones doesn't play, I don't know how they're doing that. Alex Okafor, I think, could retire tonight and probably make the right decision. Mike Dan has been a, a young, nice addition for the Chiefs. Second year player, he's been good. Uh, Jerron Reed, I mentioned earlier. I mean, he's basically on the back of a milk carton right now. I mean, he's, he's been, he's been wanted for a month. So <laughs> it has been interesting. You know, it's funny though, this game's getting built up. You know, we talked right at the top of the show how important the game is. And it certainly is. And I don't know how you guys actually, I'm curious how your, your thoughts are on this. I, in a weird way, even though the Bills are the better record, I think it's a bigger game for Buffalo than in a lot of ways than it is for the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Like, the Chiefs, and I don't mean, look, I have nothing but respect. The Bills are a fantastically run organization. They're a legit Super Bowl contender, maybe even the favorite. But I think if you're the Chiefs because of your experience, you could go into Buffalo in January and not be as intimidated about it, right? Because you've, you've been in all these huge games year after year after year. Now, Buffalo is a hell of a place to play, especially in January, okay? But I think if you're the Chiefs, you go, okay, look, we, we've won Super Bowl. I mean, we, we can go in there and, and deal with an adverse situation. It's not to say Buffalo couldn't go to Arrowhead and do it. Certainly could. More than capable. But if you're the Bills and you lose this game, it almost starts to take on a life of its own, right? Like, well, mm. geez, we, we got to beat them at some point. Now, that doesn't mean they can't do it if they see each other again in the playoffs. But I do think this game, it's not even a measuring stick for the Bills. It's a road marker. Like, it's we have to beat this team to get to where we want to go. And I think, you know, like the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, people forget it now because it's, it's ancient history. They went up to Foxborough and beat New England late in the year. That game was a huge game for them emotionally. It mattered. It was like, okay, well, we can beat them in their place. We can beat anybody. And they went on. They never, they literally never lost another game after that, that season. I think for Buffalo, that is a big thing here. It's we, we've got to. They know they can beat Baltimore. They can beat Cleveland. They're going to win their own division. There's nobody in the South who matters. They've got to beat Kansas City. And I think it's so important for Buffalo to get home field advantage. Whereas with the Chiefs, I, I think it's important, but I don't think it's imperative. I, I've been talking about this all week, and because you know, you, every time you ask a Bills player about you know what this game means, and they know it's coming. I think even Josh, you know, kind of prefaced one of his answers with. Like, we know it's the narrative. We know that this is what it's being made to be. But, you know, it's being made to be that for a reason because you lost to the team two times and last year. And, and, and you got to kind of figure out a way to beat them. They're going to be around for the next 10 years. Even Patrick Mahomes this week talking about Josh Allen. He, I almost feel like in a way, reading Patrick Mahomes' comments on Josh Allen raises the pressure stakes for Josh and the Bills a little bit because he basically said, I'm expecting this guy to be the guy I battle with. For the next 10 years, that's a big, those are big shoes to fill. You know, here's the thing about this game too. Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders, he tweeted this earlier in the week. I retweeted it and I want to read it out here. With the Bills' easy remaining schedule, they earned the number one AFC uh, seed in over 50% of our simulations if they can beat the Chiefs on Sunday night. If the Chiefs win, the Ravens become the favorite for the number one seed at 27% with the Bills now at 20% and the Chiefs at 19%. So, yeah, I mean, just take a look at those percentages. If the Bills lose this game, they take a quarter of a percentage hit on their chances to win the the number one seed in the AFC. It's it's huge from everything that you talked about from the actual standings perspective. And 
they've had big wins. They they beat Seattle last year. He went up against Russell Wilson. He had that win. He went to Foxborough and absolutely beat up the Patriots. You know, no Stephon Gilmore. There's some banged up uh, in, in the secondary. But Bill Belichick's defense, he, he answered a question. I feel like this is the next big question that Josh Allen has to answer. This is the question. I, I mean, it really is. It's the question. And, and I, by the way, I feel like these two teams, they are going to be the top teams in the AFC for the next decade running. They are. There's going to be a lot of playoff games between Kansas City and Buffalo. Look, I, I respect Cleveland. Baker Mayfield's not Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes. I can tell you right now, most Chief fans, they have no fear of Cleveland. None. Because Baker Mayfield's not good enough to beat them. They, they beat Baker Mayfield last year with Chad Henney playing for 25 mm-hmm. minutes of a playoff mm-hmm. game. They, there's no fear in that. I think Lamar is great, but is Lamar going to hold up for 10 years? I don't know. And, mm-hmm. and frankly, let's call a spade a spade. They don't win in the playoffs. Now, maybe they will, but to this point, they've won one playoff game. And they went up to Buffalo, and Buffalo absolutely put it on them. Baltimore scored three points. If you're looking at the AFC, who are the other teams? I mean, you know, the Chargers? You could throw the Chargers in there. You know, with Herbert, you like him, but they've never won a playoff game. They haven't been in a playoff game with Herbert yet. I feel like they got to earn that right. The Bills have won playoff games. The Chiefs have been to two straight Super Bowls. Like, those are the teams. The coaching staffs are excellent. Not only the head coaches, but the assistants, the coordinators. The GMs are really, really good. So. You look at those teams, yeah. And look, Buffalo's going to break through here at some point. They're just going. They're too talented not to. They're eventually going to beat Kansas City. Is it on Sunday night? Could be. Is it in a playoff game? I bet Bills fans would take that, right? Like it could be, it could be any of those games. The Bills will eventually do it because they're good enough to do it. Uh, but yes, until you do it, it's kind of like knowing on all those years, you have to do it. And it, until then, it is always that looming specter. I thought it was interesting when Baltimore beat the Chiefs. They celebrated like they won the Super Bowl. I mean, I think it was such an emotional, we can never beat them. And then they finally did it. So it's a huge game in that. I think it's bigger emotionally for Buffalo than it even is in the standings. Even though, as you mentioned, with the, with those analytics, it is a huge game for them in that regard as well. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the the number one seed. I also think it's huge because of the atmosphere. So Arrowhead, uh, it was very noisy in that in the championship game, despite there not being a full house, so to speak. It's going to be right. very noisy on Sunday night. So getting that number one seed is going to be huge for the Bills too. In, in that regard, uh, what are you expecting it to be like there on, on Sunday night in terms of the atmosphere? And then we're going to shift gears and talk a little bit about the run game, which you mentioned already from Kansas City's perspective. But Matt's going to bring up something from Buffalo's perspective. Oh, it'll be nuts. I mean, it's it's Arrowhead at night. That place is going to be, first of all, uh, let's, let's put it this way. I think the fans will be well lubricated for that game. It's a, it's a <laughs> night game. Kansas City's a big tailgate city. It'll be, it, the, the joint will be jumping. I, I don't think there's going to be, I, I don't care what the weather is. That That place will be going nuts. But, you know, listen, the Chiefs have lost many big games there over the years. I mean, the Chiefs have not been immune to losing at Arrowhead Stadium. Now, under Andy, they're pretty good in prime time in their own building. They, they have typically handled business. But the Bills are one of the biggest tests they've ever had there in prime time in, in the Andy Reid era. But I will say this is the one – and this is this is true of a lot of teams, you know, in, in a spot like this. If you're the Bills, the, the biggest fear you probably have is getting down a couple scores quick against them. Because, that, you know, and, that, and that's not look, that's not rocket science. But when you're on the road in a place like that against an offense like that, that can snowball really quickly. That is, you know, we saw last year the Bills got up 9 nothing, and then all of a sudden it's a 38-6 to run, and it's just an avalanche of points. Like, you, you have to stem the tide. And I thought last year, and I love McDermott, I thought the biggest mistakes he made in that AFC title game were kicking those field goals. You're, you can't. You just can't. I don't care if it's fourth and six at the 12. Go for it. Because kicking field goals, everybody in that stadium knows you might as well have punted the ball through the uprights. It just doesn't matter. The points, like you're never beating them kicking field goals. So I think that is the thing. If you're Buffalo, you've got to continuously hit on those plays, convert on those third downs, keep the crowd at least at a a medium pitch. But yeah, it's going to be nuts. That that place is a very very difficult place to play in. It's loud, it's constant. I would watch if you're if you're watching from a Bills perspective, like I'm sure everybody is here. I would watch pre snap. How hard is it for them to get lined up 
you know, the, people always think about at the line of scrimmage. A lot of times it's in the huddle, and it's and it's and it's getting lined up with you know six on the clock. So that'll be a a, a key point. I mean, literally, I cannot stop hearing. I'm going to probably hear it in my sleep for the next two nights. Uh, it's been all. <laughs> week at the Bills practice facility and like they are banging that drum literally and figuratively all throughout the week to prepare for this so and that's been an emphasis Josh talked about it I have a feeling that you know Deion Dawkins talked about it today that's where I feel like I want to see how much that work that's going on this week how much that plays a factor but before we get you out of here uh, I'm going to get a pick from you too I want to talk a little bit about this Bills run game because you know they go into this game among the the league's best in rushing this year that I think nobody really predicted this kind of production level from Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. I think both of them have been equally as good. Singletary's fumble numbers are a little bit troubling that I think that uh, it has me kind of thinking this could be maybe a Zach Moss game because the Bills are talking about it. I mean, putting the ball on the ground against a team like the Chiefs is a problem. But what do you – I mean, you mentioned it. I really like your point that you said that, you know, if the if the Chiefs come out and get um, get up early, the Bills have an uphill climb. I also think it takes away their ability to maybe lean on this run game a little bit that they've kind of found here. What is your yep. what have what have been your impressions of what they've built now through four games with Moss and Singletary? I think they're both quality backs. I mean, they've done a nice job. And if you're Buffalo, don't be afraid to run the ball in the game. Uh, you know, look, I think sometimes Teams look at the Chiefs and they get so intimidated that they've got to score 40 points. And the way to do that is just to chuck it 50 times. I don't buy into the narrative of, well, hey, we can just, you know, if we run for 200, we win. Like it's always that stat you see, you know, like, like the Fox graph they'll put out like, hey, when Ezekiel Elliott runs for 100 yards, the Cowboys are 22 and 0. I mean, that's, that's junk science. But I do think in a game like this, if you're Buffalo, if you're running well, Run the ball on first down. Get yourself in a second and six, second and five. Set up that play action. Try to get some things moving. I, I'll say it again, though. I really think the biggest impact those backs have to have on this game, they've got to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they got to be Austin Eckler out of the backfield. They have to provide the threat of it. If they don't provide the threat of it, that is the biggest problem for the Chiefs. The backs and the tight ends have just killed them. And, and that's been a years-long problem. I, I think that is the one thing that if I'm Dable – even if it's straying from the norm a little bit, I'm doing that. I have to get that matchup. I think you can get yards after catch. But the run game, yeah, no question. It's got to be able to supplement what Allen's doing, especially if the weather's terrible. If the weather's awful, you're going to have to be able to run the ball. And I would expect to see a lot of stretch zone, a lot of getting outside, because the Chiefs defense is not fast at the second level. You can turn that corner. You can crease them pretty good. I think if you're Buffalo and you're going to run the ball, it's got to be aimed at trying to stretch that defense, get outside, and then create a lane on the perimeter. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. This has been great stuff. Uh, give us your prediction before we let you get out of here, Matt. I got to tell you guys, I normally am really confident in any prediction, even though this is like wrong 40% of the time. I, I cannot get a feel for this game. You know, and, and the reason being, I, I will give a pick. The reason being, the Bills have been awesome in a lot of ways this year. And, and God knows they're one of the top you know, three teams, five teams in the league, however you want to couch it. But I think we all know they've played a really soft schedule, especially from an offensive standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Like who's the best quarterback they faced? Roethlisberger, Heineke? They're not, you know, we're, we're not talking about world beaters. So it's hard to kind of gauge how Buffalo is going to hang in this game defensively. I mean, certainly they've got talent to play well, but are they going to be like, hey, we're giving up 23 points good? Or is it going to be like a lot of defenses, even good ones against Kansas City, where it's like, oh, God, just hold on. Like, just try to get one stop, two stops. I don't know. Conversely, with the Chiefs, they've been so bad defensively. There's the party that just looks at them and says, they can't get worse than this. And they have too much talent. They're not like ultra-talented defensively, but they have guys. I mean, this is not a defense. It's just bereft of talent. And the coordinator is really good. So all that being said, I think like you said, Matt, it kind of comes down to the quarterbacks. Like In a lot of ways, I really do just think it comes down to who makes either a big mistake or who just makes a play that you go, well, there's no defense for that. I'll take the Chiefs 
35-31. I think it's going to be a really good game. But I'll say this. If you're just going off the first four weeks and what we've seen on tape, you should take the Bills. I'm taking Kansas City based off the idea. I think the defense, a lot of the issues have been stemming from communication. I think at home that helps there. I think they'll get a little bit better. And I think if if it comes down to who can get a four-man rush, especially if Jones plays, I think the Chiefs are a little bit more capable of it. But I, I really think this is going to be a great game. And I think it comes down to who turns it over and who wins in the red zone. I really, I think it's a coin flip of a game. Let everybody know where they can find your work this weekend, uh, as I'm sure you will be uh, tweeting quite a bit on Sunday night. For sure. Uh, at Matt Verderam, you can see the name right there. I'm on Twitter way more than, than I, I should be. And then <laughs> on top of that, uh, look, I'm my column, my Stack in the Box column, which goes up every Monday morning on Fansided, I'm sure I'll be leading with this game. So uh, we'll have a lot to dive into, a lot to get through. Uh, and looking forward to it. It should be a really good game, and I have a feeling it's going to be a preview to Part 2 come January. Matt Verderam, great stuff. Have a great weekend, and we'll be looking out for your stuff on Sunday. Take care, my friend. Take care. All right. Great guest. Uh, In-depth preview here, people, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, uh, everybody has. We're going to get to our predictions here in a minute, but I want to get a final thought from each of us here. Uh, We focused a lot on the Kansas City side in this. And, you know, it's one thing that somebody brought up in the comments earlier was Isaiah McKenzie. And I actually brought this up on Tuesday as a guy that I think could be a real um, weapon for Brian Dable in this game. If you go back and watch that AFC title game, McKenzie was utilized a little bit in, in offense. He hasn't been utilized a lot. There's not a lot of tape on him on offense. He's obviously their kick returner. But I think he's a guy around the line of scrimmage. We saw what Jalen Hurts was able to do last week in the ball out of his hands early. If you want to do that, if you're Josh Allen, I think Isaiah McKenzie is a guy that's not going to probably garner too much attention. And as you start to look along this offense, you only have so many guys to that, that can, you know, good guys that can cover. And as you start going through the matchups, Isaiah McKenzie just falls at the bottom of the list. So he he's kind of a sneaky player to watch for me this week. We'll, we'll see how it goes. What, which, give me your final thought before we get to our prediction. Yeah, real quick, speaking on what you were just talking about, I've had a lot of fans on Twitter say, you know, do you think the Bills have kept things pretty uh, basic on offense because of this game? They didn't want to show anything. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they played against the Texans and some really bad teams and they didn't have to show a lot. So I think the Bills are going to pull some some things, you know, some rabbits out of their hat, so to speak, on Sunday Night Football. But for me, it comes down to one word, aggressiveness. When you look at the two losses that the Chiefs have this year, you go to the Ravens game, you think of that moment where Harbaugh yells onto the field to Lamar Jackson, do you want to go for it here? And they go for it, they convert, they end up winning the game. You go to the Chargers game, fourth and four, they they get called for a false start, it goes to fourth and nine. They still go for it, even though they're in field goal range, and I know they, they might not have a lot of confidence in their kicker, but fourth and nine in a tie game late, you go for it rather than kick the field goal. You convert, and then you score a touchdown. The Bills need to be aggressive on Sunday night football, not settle for the field goals, which we've already talked about. You know, Go for fourth down more times than not anytime you're near midfield, quite honestly, because uh, as Matt mentioned, it doesn't matter where the Chiefs pretty much start with the ball. They're going to put up points a lot more times than, than not, so the Bills have to be able to answer on Sunday night. I talked to Taron Johnson this week. I got a big feature coming out on him tomorrow. Um, I talked to Micah Hyde off to the side after his uh, after practice today. You know, a lot on the Tyreek Hill matchup, and I think it's going to be a fun story anyway. So definitely look for that on Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com this weekend. We'll have our preview tomorrow. We'll have you covered all day on Sunday. We're going to get into this. All right, pick time, Ryan. I'm going with the Bills. I waffled back and forth all week long. This was a game that I had going into a se- the season on our, our on our season uh, game by game preview. I picked the Bills to win this game, and I'll be honest with you, there were times this week where I waffled on that, and I went to the Chiefs. I I really struggle with this defensive line. Sneaky thing, AJ Epinesa dealing with the the foot, Greg Rousseau with the toe. Maybe this is a game that Effie Obata gets unleashed a little bit, and maybe he has some success. Maybe that's a way that they can kind of supercharge that pass rush, but that's what's got to happen. And I think that they do enough, but I think it comes down to Josh Allen, and I'm buying into that that part of the narrative where when Josh Allen experiences something for a few times, and maybe it doesn't go well the first couple, he learns from it, he adjusts, he makes the improvements. I think he's going to do that. 
think it's going to be a shootout. 44-41 Buffalo Bills Ooh. on Sunday Night Football. Can you imagine at 1.30 in the morning? Actually, yeah, 1.30 in the morning when we're firing up the shout post-game uh, episode uh, to, to break down the game. If we're talking about 80-plus points scored in this game, and everybody, by the way, better be staying up late with us uh, uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, love the FAO bottom mention. Uh, someone that would have led the Bills in sacks last year if he would have had that production in Buffalo has been inactive because of some injuries. So he really hasn't been unleashed yet. He's going to be very fresh if he is ready to go, if he isn't active in that game. I have this being a, a shootout back and forth as well. Uh, and I hate to be, you know, I'm sure the Bills Mafia is not going to be pleased, but I have the Chiefs coming out on top. It's one of those I'll, I need to see it before I believe in, in terms of the Bills being able to defeat this team, uh, especially when it matters in the playoffs. So this is a big game for the Bills. I, I think the Bills do answer a lot of questions. They go toe-to-toe uh, with the Chiefs in this game, but I have 38-35 Kansas City. Whoo! Don't hate on the man. He's coming. He's coming with, uh, you know, his real prediction. And listen, we're not just out here, you know, picking the bills every week, you know. So uh, I I've gone back and forth. I t- I'll tell you, I was really super close, but I-, I thought I saw enough in the building this week from the bills. You know, I wasn't joking. I mean, they've been banging that drum all week long, listening to that Tomahawk Jack song. They're dialed in. I, I kind of see it in Micah Hyde's eyes. Jordan Poyer talking to him today. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they could do on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to go with, uh, with Josh here in part three of, uh, Mahomes versus Allen. I do think that it sets the stage for the next 10 years for these guys to really uh, go at it. All right. We're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Get there this weekend. Cause if you're holding, hosting a large party, you're going to want to check out their huge selection of party platters for a delicious, effortless, and affordable, no stress way to impress. I'm, I'm sure everybody's having big parties. I mean, this, it's an away game. Buffalo is going to be rocking. For complete details, stop by, uh, their carryout cafe or visit topsmarkets.com slash fantasy foodball. Don't miss us tomorrow at some point, Ryan. Hopefully I can get you on. I want to do a Twitter, um, uh, lot, uh, spaces where we'll take fan questions. If you love the podcast, it's going to be a Twitter only live stream. It's audio only. You, you can listen. You can raise your hand. We can bring you in. You can ask questions. We can talk more about this game. We're going to bring you content from KC and, uh, all weekend long for Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. See you Sunday. Get some sleep, everyone. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.